Hallo och välkommen till en ny episode av Pengarkvarter som fortsätter en podcast med Lars Sivatsen i samarbete med Betsson. Först av allt, vinnarna av konkurrensen är er klar. Gratulerar till Anders Hole som är er bekräftad som vinner vinner tur över till England här för för att se fotboll. Hans trippel var på hela 32 i odds som är er högt, men det är er ju inte så högt som de vinnarna hade haft haft för här i konkurrensen. Han hade målgivande passning på Dejan Kulusevski för Tottenham den helgen. Han hade att Union Berlin skulle slå Hertha Berlin och han hade oavgjort och under 2,5 mål mellan Villarreal och Athletic Bilbao. ganska sån ganska grejbang det egentligen ingenting av det hörtes ju helt galet ut när det blev satt in smart smart spelt. Den gick alltså in så du vinner tur Anders glimrande. Jag syns ju det är er käckt att man har en som har varit nära att vinna för som får full uttelling. Denna gången det sker spännande ting i fotbollsvärlden. Det ser väldigt väldigt ut som om Erik Ten Hag blir Manchester Uniteds nya huvudtränare. ESPN meldte för några tid sedan att United var i färd med att göra färdig en en deal för för Ten Hag. De Athletic meldte nog igår att United är er enige i in principle i princip med Erik Ten Hag för att bli ny tränare så väldigt mycket som heller mot Ten Hag. Och jag alltså jag ser mycket fotboll runt förbi men Jeg sliter med å finne nok timer i uken til å følge RS-divisjonen fra, fra Holland, så det, det blir bare for mye for mig. Jeg har sett en del av kamper i Champions League, selvfølgelig, men jeg føler at det er noen hål i kunskapen min når det gjelder Erik Ten Hag. Så derfor, for å, å spre kunskap om Erik Ten Hag, så har jeg fått tak i en, en gammel bekjent av meg som heter Mikkel Jongsma, som har skrevet om og fulgt med på nederlandsk fotball i, I ganske lang tid. Jeg er ikke glad å kalle folk for experter för jag syns det är er en otroligt diffus titel som kan betyda vad som helst. men Mikael har både då skrivit om nederländsk fotboll och jobbat då för Opta och är er väl tror jobbtiteln hans där strängt att är er någon sån data insights team lead eller någon sån för för den nederländska divisionen så han jobbar lite med stats och sånting och följer väldigt gott med och har i min erfaring en om god kontroll på nederländsk fotboll. Jag fick tack i han och lite sån på tisdagskvällen för att snacka lite om Erik Ten Hag förhoppningsvis så lär med lite mer men resten av podcasten blir då i känd stil när man har gäster med på engelska hoppas det är er grejt för dock vi inte så hörs med förhoppningsvis en nästa gång vi står hoppar över det er helt grejt Okej okay, så kör på min intervju och kanske detta kanske det er det vi ska bruka bruka ljudboxen vår här här då jag tror jag ska bruka ljudboxen hela vägen jag tror det blir schikligare tärne men om man har intervjuer då så kan man ha liksom sån vi kan klappa folk ting in och så kan vi klappa det ut igen kan vi köra det jag tror det är er mode på hjälp så så kör intervju Hello, Michel. Uh, thank you very much for, for for taking the time to talk to me this evening. A lot of things going on, of course, uh, but it does look a lot like Manchester United are appointing Eric Ten Hag as their next manager. All their reporting suggests that that is a done deal now. And I wanted to talk to you because, frankly, I don't feel I know as much about him as I should. I try to watch the various European leagues, but I do kind of run out of hours in the week, so I don't follow the Eredivisie as closely as I should. So as beyond having watched this team in the Champions League, I feel like there are big gaps in my knowledge here. I'm very much hoping you can fill them. Well, I hope so too, uh, Lars. Um, it's it's it it is a, st- a strange uh, managerial career that he's had because he's not a, a big name like a, a lot of the other former uh, Dutch famous uh, coaches have been. Like he's he's uh, he's definitely more one of the laptop coaches as they call them now, in the sense that he's he he had a fairly mediocre, uh, but still like he played in the top tier in the Netherlands, but a, a fairly me- mediocre career. 
but has really made um, yeah the the managerial game his own, and um, he's gradually built his way to to coming into this position, and um, he's defied the odds before when it comes to taking on a bigger role. So it's very exciting to see him go for uh, such a prestigious job. So I'm going to ask you a super annoying question, but I'm interested in what your first sort of answer where you're going with it is. What kind of manager is he? <laughs> the shortest question with the longest potential answer. Yeah, I think that, I think that that that's a good way of putting it. Um, I think for from the outside, people will see him as 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 a as a very exciting and attacking manager. But uh, in his first few months with Ajax, he was actually renowned for just setting up uh, the defense really well, very organized, really uh, strategic. Ajax fans who are uh, known for complaining quite a bit when they their teams don't win 5-0 every game. Uh, they felt it wasn't attacking enough. They felt like he was uh, ruining their identity. And uh, <laughs> that last one is, is quite a, a a big flag when it comes to a club like Manchester United. Like uh, Erik ten Hag has been uh, questioned for, for taking away the identity of a team before. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how he would fare at a team at Manchester United. But in general, I think he's been um I think he's been fairly fairly stubborn. He likes his his, his defenders to be good at the ball. He likes to have a lot of control. He likes to have a bit of a pressing game. Um and uh in that sense he's been he's been at Bayern Munich uh during Pep Guardiola's time there as well as a second team coach. He actually took that role on because he wanted to learn from uh Guardiola. Um and um yeah he has been up the Dutch pep here and there. I think the styles are not that similar, but he he does like to to play a, a a press pressing possession game. Yes. So you mentioned that because obviously I think a lot of us has a mental idea of what Dutch football is all about and what all Dutch coaches are like. Even though, of course, in real life they're all very different. But certainly with uh, with Ten Hag, there's there's no doubt that he is quite influenced by Pep Guardiola, right? No, there's no no doubt at all. He's uh, he used to be a big uh, Cruyff um, admirer as well. Um, yeah, he he just he like he really likes to do all that he can to get a team to to play the type of football that he that he wants, and he's been really successful in that. Um, he's been really loyal to to his team as well. You can tell that the guys are really uh, fighting for him, and I think that's something that that Guardiola is renowned for as well. He's been overperforming basically everywhere that he has been, and I think. If in terms of over uh, performance, the Ajax, the Ajax one, it's not even his, his most impressive achievement uh, because at Ajax he actually had all the all the money in the world compared to to other teams in the league to actually build the team in his image. He had a really good report with the technical director Mark Overmars, uh, so they were always uh, effective in finding the players that would would warrant the the needs for this team. But it's it's it is fascinating to see how how that works, and I think the fact that he's been able to turn around the 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 stigmas towards him at Ajax, and I think people always underestimate how difficult that that club is to work for. Um, uh, he will definitely uh, be relishing the type of challenge at Manchester United as well. So, just in terms of basics, so we 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 know how to place him. We we say he's influenced by Guardiola, but I should we should specify that what that really means. What type of football would you expect an Eric ten Hag team to to attempt to play? What what does he believe in as a coach? Um, I find his teams not really that reliant on physicality. I mean, I I do think that he likes to have a a fairly strong. 
target man like striker the fact that he went for sebastian Haller for for a second time uh it tells you quite a bit in that in 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 that instance uh he used to work with Haller at utrecht before um and he really likes to have a player that that he can have a, a plan b with uh overall he likes his fullbacks to to just uh, really move high up the pitch but be really good ball, ball handlers as well uh so not your typical o- overlapping wing backs but more more a bit more inverted bit bit more smart on the ball um and just always make sure that they um they dominate um yeah possession i think he's really keen on that just making sure that the, that the uh, op- uh, opposing team can never really get back um yeah just get back in, in into a groove so really just the, the smart <clears throat> nasty little fouls he has a uh, a midfield controller in Edson Alvarez at the moment there, who's basically a defender uh, and who is great for that type of breaking up play kind of kind of atmosphere. I mean, he is he is keen to play the type of football that he likes, and he's loyal to the people that he works with. That will shape his ideas with the team as well. And I do think he's a bit of a pragmatist. I don't think he. I mean, he's not a Peter Boss who's who's just. So <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was so relentlessly believing in in his ideas that he doesn't even care what players he has at his, his disposal. No. Tanakh is very much the 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 other way around, um, mm. and um, yeah, I, I think that that could work well with him. But it, I think it will be really interesting to see uh, how he handles the challenge of not actually having the best squad in the league because at Ajax it's a bit easier to repair things than it than it is at Manchester United in that sense. So. Of the uh, IX games I have seen recently, and I, I do watch a couple of them, uh, and one that really sticks in the mind is the home leg against Dortmund in the group stage, where their pressing game was really good. Like they didn't let Dortmund get into any kind of rhythm, as you say. And it seems to be one of the hallmarks of his IX team, at least when we've seen them in Europe, is that they're quite brave in terms of pressing high up the pitch, and and the players work really hard off the ball. Is that something you think he'll want to implement at Man United? Because we're coming fresh off of the uh, Ralph Ragnick experience and him trying yeah. to get that team to press and the team seemingly rejecting those ideas. Well, I mean, you do have to kind of go back into his managerial career to 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 consider if that that is something that that he will do. But I think, like at God Eagles, um, that that was his first um, first job. Uh, which was in the Dutch second tier, and they got they were a surprise uh, promotion team in that year. Like that was a bit more free flowing. When you look at his Utrecht days, he liked the press already there, but that was after he had been to Bayern and had worked with Guardiola. Um, and when you look at the the Ajax Ajax sides that he's built over the last few years, that pressing element always comes back. When you look at the team that uh, that almost reached the Champions League final a couple of years ago or three years ago, what is it? Uh, there was that pressing element as well. So I and and there are some of the same players here and there, but overall there's definitely a, a different type of squad than than what he had before. So I think that is definitely your typical managerial influence, and um, I think he will want to implement implement that. The one thing that I'm really curious about is whether I mean this the squad that he has at Manchester United is probably not ideal for his type of football. So nope. what will they do in terms of? Um, in terms of uh, recruitment at Ajax, Mark Overmars used to be uh, uh, an ideal fit for him uh, on a work level, let's put it that way, uh, to find the type of players that, that would really suit, suit his football. Um, I don't think Mark Overmars is a candidate for, for Manchester United job now. You'd and he think should, not. And he shouldn't, and he shouldn't be. No. Um, but um, 
And uh, but Erik ten Hag is is typically a guy that that now needs to figure that stuff out for himself. Yeah. And when you look at his at the players that 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 he really wanted over the last years, it's it's typically uh, players that he's worked with before because he trusts them. He really is one that um, he's he's a t- typically a very loyal guy, a, a guy that rewards trust and sometimes even to a fault because. The players that he's worked with, apart from Sebastian Haller, I think, all have worked out quite poorly because they, they at Ajax they signed Quincy Promise, who he worked with at Goethe Eagles, who has totally different issues as well. Um, at the moment, Zakaria uh, Labiat was another one that he used to work with at Utrecht. They signed a, a backup right back, Sean Kleiber from Utrecht. All of those players didn't work out. Uh, then there was the Mark Overmars situation that was quite a bit quite a bit weird where he was quite open about it still being a friend of his which is i mean so i mean that's not not for me to to judge but it's not something that i would say of someone who has been accused of the things that mark overmars had been accused of so yeah yeah i i'm, I'm quite curious like because the the force field around ajax is really really big um again like i said i think people really underestimate how it works probably not in norway but like in in the UK, people think of it differently, but at least at Ajax, he was an established type of personality. So, at, mm. at, in the end, he could he could say things that would be a bit more edgy. When he comes into Manchester United, there's going to be a whole new challenge, and it ha- it it'll be um, yeah a case of getting everything right just from the start in terms of communication, um, in terms of uh, yeah player fit, in terms of, of finding the right strategy. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think this is the ideal uh, fit for him. When you consider all that, yeah, I, you touched upon a number of issues that I wanted to raise there, and I'm going to try to do them in in order. So, yes, first of all, the issue of coming from a club with a very established structure. So they had the problem with Overmars, who, of course, was uh, was relieved of his duties for inappropriate behavior. But in the terms of fulfilling his job as a sporting director, he's been very good at bringing in the right type of players. And it's not just Overmars, I guess, because everyone knows roughly what an IX player looks like. Everyone knows roughly the skill set that an IX player needs to have. So, and that goes all through the scouts and everyone who works with the club. And all the youth coaches will be preparing uh, for young players to play a certain type of football when they get to, to the senior squad. So Ten Hag will have been in a situation where you know, like Frank de Boer before him, like Peter Boss before him, the Ajax head coach is in a situation where most of the players that come into his training ground, be it youth players from the academy or be it new signings, they will be reasonably well suited for the type of football they want to play because everyone knows what that is. How will he fare now that he is taken out of that comfort zone in a sense? Uh, will he do better than the aforementioned Frank de Boer and Peter Boss? Yeah, I think he's 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 just a better coach than them. So mm. I don't I don't really worry about that. I think he's um he's not um as arrogant as Frank de Boer was at one point thinking that he would be able to just come in and and woe people by being uh, well in Frank de Boer's case a famous footballer. I think Den Haag is is more than aware of uh, of of his limitations in that sense and in 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 the lack of a big name that he has. Um so I'm not that afraid about that. Peter Boss for me, uh, I've got a big soft spot for Peter Boss because he he used to be a, 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 a fair, fairly limited midfield controller that would play the ugliest football that you could imagine um, <laughs> and had that kind of um, yeah vibe to him as a technical director at Feyenoord as well. And at that point, for me, it felt like he just 
decided to just abandon um yeah just just his old self and and be, become a rising phoenix of attacking football that didn't make any sense so um uh, and Erik ten Hag is, isn't isn't that either unfortunately I, I I'm a big fan of the the boss type Bielsa type Bielsa is a better coach but still uh, mm. type of um, atmosphere yeah, I don't want to get too sidetracked there but it's really funny yeah. listening to people who follow French football now just being baffled by Lyon how they're like they can occasionally play brilliantly but they sometimes just completely disorganized in the way you don't expect a good European team to ever be yeah and, and that uh, is the Peter Boss effect sense. that's the Peter yeah the Peter Boss experience yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's maddening uh, but yeah I mean when, when you get to Erik ten Hag I think there, there's quite a bit of pragmatism in there. And I think for him, like he has tailored his style recently a bit more to to what you expect from Ajax. As you say, like there's a, there is a certain culture there. You do have to play like a 4-3-3 type of type of football. You need to score a lot of goals. This is, this is a demand. This is not negotiable. Uh, and he has been a bit more attacking than he was before with Utrecht where it was even a bit more pragmatist and I think if he can carry that kind of uh, thought process into the Manchester United Manchester United job then maybe bring a bit of that humility that he definitely possesses uh, into the job as well because when he came from Utrecht like from 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 the outside looking in I, I know that Utrecht Ajax doesn't seem like a, a rivalry at all but coming in from Utrecht to Ajax yeah you're definitely uh, being watched a bit more than when you could when you come from outside of the country or whatever as a as a new coach it is a step up so you need to hit the ground running and at that point I think he handled himself quite well didn't wasn't really faced by by any of the the clamor around it and at that point that point uh, I must point out like Peter Boss had just uh, left Ajax maybe a half a year before and was seen as an absolute like the uh, epitome of what what an Ajax coach should be and when Erik ten Hag did well but not with the same football even then uh, there were still calls for Peter Boss to come back uh, but in the end I think no one in, at Ajax is regretful that Erik ten Hag um, in the end succeeded um, Peter Boss and I think that kind of tells you how how well a job he has done there. Okay, so you touched on a second thing earlier, which is uh, his dealings with the media, because that is something that just comes with the territory at Manchester United. There are very few jobs in world football where the media scrutiny is greater than being the the, the front-facing, you know, Manchester United uh, figurehead, which is kind of what you become as the manager. Um, how will well okay we don't know but do you think he's prepared uh, and equipped to cope with that sort of thing how is his English just for a very basic thing I mean this stuff matters how has he generally dealt with the press in the past um uh he I mean he's not a charmer I mean that's that's one thing that's for sure uh he is usually quite correct he has a shandaisious kind of voice so that probably bodes well for for the for the British but um yeah, and in, in general, I think, I mean, he his German is better than his English, obviously, but he is at least added to learning new languages. Um, so that's a that's a positive. I saw an interview with um, with Bundesliga man Archie Rentut um, uh, a few weeks ago, where they spoke a bit of English, and um, according to Archie, his English was quite good. But when I heard it, I was like, ah, I'm not sure how how that's going to fly. But that's obviously always the 
um yeah the element of as a foreigner you you're maybe a bit 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 harsher on countrymen speaking speaking English than you are when you're maybe in England itself um but in terms of in terms of actually getting across the like the messages to the players all that kind of stuff it would be really beneficial to just speak English to a to a fluent level and I, I don't think he's there at all so um I I think his understanding of the language is probably good enough but um yeah when it comes to dealing with media when it comes to uh coming across with a certain uh swagger and 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 authority that that'll be quite quite difficult and i think that i mean at ajax it was kind of the same like he needed to get the results right right away for him to maintain that kind of um the vibe yeah with the vibe how do you say the yeah the atmosphere the yeah yeah the yeah the 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 atmosphere that he he that he exuded basically uh and at ajax that that is one thing that went well for him the problem with manchester united compared to ajax is as you said before like there was the blueprint for a successful team because they had they were i think maybe six seven months uh away from having reached the europa league final the season before they had a really promising young core lots of those players had stayed um it all looked really promising but this manchester united side I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you which players are staying or not, uh, which which players um, are likely to perform for him or not, like which players are coming in. So the whole um, there there's so much uncertainty going on there, and I'm not sure if he'll have time enough to just get a grasp on that team Im- immediately, and that will be a really big challenge. So I mean, he needs to be really careful with uh, with the players that he wants for his team, and he also needs to be really careful with he, who he uh, appoints alongside him because. I think having a good assistant manager, some coaches who can bridge the gap between him um, and the players in terms of both language and and cultural difference will mm. be essential. If he if he gets his team right, then he'll have some time to settle in. But if he, if he doesn't do that kind of thing, then he'll quickly learn how big the job is. And I think Louis van Gaal was quite vocal about it uh, a few weeks ago that he said this is not the type of job he should be taking. And that's saying something. That's not van Gaal trying to be. Uh, nasty about Manchester United. That's just his experience. Think well, you could maybe get another job where you're just focusing on football and not about not not focusing on being the figurehead of the club, as you as you uh, rightly point out. Yeah, assistance could be key, and I it, we do get to the man management side of it, which I think is also particularly difficult at Manchester United. Certainly with this squad, uh, there might be a clear out in the summer. Of course, you know there might be some kind of different voices there moving forward. But it seems to me that the last couple of head coaches at Manchester United have had trouble dealing with the dressing room. I mean, everyone turned on Mourinho in the same way that everyone kind of do turn on Mourinho because that's, you know, that's what Mourinho does. Um, Whereas Solskjaer, the players seemed to like him, but there was always this undercurrent of sort of leaks about how they weren't quite sure if he was actually a very good coach. Uh, Whereas then we get to the whole Ragnik uh, issue issue. And the very early leaks about how ah, they don't think his assistants are very good. They're very picky, these Man United players. They're not easy to, to win over, as it seems. And uh, this uh, seems like something that could be a challenge for him because as much as he's uh, got a very positive reputation right now, he's never worked with uh, players uh, of, of the, and egos of this size before. No, and I think that the Manchester United club hierarchy is probably to blame there because... Sol Solskjaer, you can you can have your doubts about and Rangnick as well, but it it is a re- repetitive thing with 
with managers never being good enough for 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 this squad um and it seems like the squad isn't the one being corrected which would make more sense in my opinion but um yeah for Fortenhag I mean hopefully for him there will be people coming into the club uh, at one point that that can just take the heat off of him a bit can be the the, the strong fear in that sense um I mean a, a, so an appointment like Edwin van der Sar at a club like Manchester United would be ideal for him um because that is the type of guy that commands the respect at Manchester United for, from the fans and and from the from the whole club and that has all the all the trust in him and uh, yeah I'm I'm quite curious to see how he's going to to solve that kind of thing because his results with Ajax are really impressive but I mean you have one club of that size of that budget in the Netherlands and you have like five or six of them in 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 the, in the Premier mm. League so yeah there there is a a really big challenge there and yeah I'm I'm not sure I, I don't think his his reputation is big enough yet to to kind of um, deal with those type of issues. And and, the, and it kind of says you plenty that a guy like Pochettino is not even considered big enough as well. I think this is probably a, a, a typical Manchester United issue that is, is, is needs a miraculous solving more than anything. I suppose a stronger leadership in terms of you know, backing the manager and uh, not really caring what the players think sometimes, I think, is... I, I get the sense... You know, I joked on the internet that the players who feel like Ralph Ragnick's assistants are kind of beneath them should kind of be strapped down to a chair and forced to watch their games against Watford and, and Liverpool over and over again uh, for many hours until they pipe down and never never yeah. question anyone ever again. But I think maybe systematically bla- breaking down your players' confidence might not be the best way of, of coaching things either. But okay, lastly, before I let you go, because you've given a lot of your time, I appreciate that. Um Rumors are that he one of the snags towards the end of negotiating was that he wanted assurances when it comes to uh, to squad planning that he want he would have uh, a final say over who goes and who comes and this sort of thing. That seems to me to be quite useful because we've touched on it a little bit earlier. There are quite a few players at United right now who don't really seem to fit uh, his approach to the game. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think the, the the big one is obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, who doesn't make any sense for for a, a Ten Hag side. I mean, Ten Hag does 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 doesn't mind a, a veteran on the field in uh, as as Dizontaric has proven, uh, but Dizontaric is a completely different animal who does a lot of work off the ball as well, and who is just uh, yeah, he's three four years younger as well. Um, but yeah, could even go further than just re- reassurances. It's about just making sure that the players that don't uh, suit in half style and who are known to be vocal about uh, issues with previous coaches, that that's typically the group that you just want out as quickly as possible. Um, Manchester United is known as a club that, that tends to have a, a bit of a leaky dressing room, um, and uh, you just need to get to weed all of that out and just, well, Maybe maybe settle for a for a slightly lower quality player here and there just to protect the whole group process. I think that that's essential. I'm not sure if he's if he should be the one that actually has the last say about things, uh, because I can still imagine that like I mean he'll get uh, he'll get offered players that he could only dream of at Ajax, obviously because the the bankroll and the prestige of the club is 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 a bit different. Um, and I can imagine a, a manager being overawed when a, 
a certain caliber player becomes available. And there's always the risk that you see with a lot of managers that think, well, yeah, but maybe I can my, maybe I can get him to press. Maybe I can get him to <laughs> run all those meters. And that's that's always a bit difficult. But they should definitely not sign someone he doesn't want. I mean, that would be that would be stupid. But if Manchester United is, isn't being helped there uh, this summer, it wasn't last summer. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there will always be those problems. It's 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 a. I think that's that's the, the one big problem that Manchester United have. It's not so much that they have a footballing identity. It's that they have a managerial identity. And that is a guy that has been there for, well, what is it, 25 to 30 years, has won everything that he could want and is um, yeah, v- fairly hard to, to replicate. Yeah, impossible to replicate, I should say. Lastly, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask a question that I myself hate being asked. That's why I'm going to put it straight on to you. Will he be successful? Yes or no? Oof, that's a tough one. It's so I, bad because uh, there's so many variables, but it's what people want to know. I, I well, to, to be honest, I I don't think it will be a success. Um, but the lo- the longer it lingers on for him there, the more I believe he will be a success. And I, okay. I think I think for me, the it's it's fairly essential to get through that first season uh, without any real issues. I mean. For him, it's all about well, probably all about just reaching the, the 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 Champions League for the next season. I think that should be the goal, and that's a realistic goal. Um, so, I mean, if I could advise him, I would just be mediocre in the beginning, but not too bad, and then just just try to improve the the team as the season goes along. Because if they win the first five games and then they lose the next two, they they have a respectable amount of points after seven games, but people will still say that it's going badly. So it's it's <laughs> yeah. I mean you don't need expectation. You don't need a blistering start to yeah, the season exactly, and everyone immediately exactly. talking about winning the title again. And if things go too well it destroys the process. And um mm. Yeah, I, I mean, even even with with Solskjaer, you could say that that happened. Like, just weed everything out first, and then see if you can find a better manager rather than just uh, yeah, bin him when things are going a bit bit badly. So manage expectations and patience, and allow him to work. I suppose yeah. is the key. So, we so do actually, say that about yeah. every manager, but it seems to be extra important with Den Haag the way you describe him to me. Yeah, and it's one of it, it. It is the one reason that I'm fairly skeptical of this being a success, and that has nothing to do with uh, Ten Hag himself. Well, it has something to do with him, obviously, but uh, it has as much to do with with how precarious the the situation of the club is. So, as often before, and <laughs> what a note ended on when we're talking about United, the big challenge for them is to be be less like what United have been for the last uh, last few years, and just actually have patience and try to build something. I think, I guess that's the thing everyone can agree on. Yeah, I think so. super positiv ganska avbalanserat men tydligt på att att det han har en flink man och om han får jobba i fred så så kan det gå bra. Vi han får jobba i fred, vi han får spelarna som passar systemet och sånt så kan det gå bra. Men faren är er ju att Manchester United fortsätter att vara Manchester United som som de har varit de senaste snart 10 åren 
Och då kan det kan det fort gå galt men vi får följa tätt med. Det är er väl egentligen det alla har varit eniga om. Oavsett vem Manchester United ansätter den sommaren så handlar det inte bara om huvudtränaren, det handlar om 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 klubben har lärt någonting om om hur man ska driva klubben och hur man ska stötta managern sin och hur man ska bygga en spelarstall och sånting. Där har det inte varit väldigt starka de senaste åren förhoppningsvis för United fans är er det ett område man har blivit bättre på. Tack för att följa alla samman. Vi hörs igen snart.